you know, some of these like really amazing companies came out of um, the recession in in 2007, 2008. Um, and who's to say that, you know, a, some more amazing companies can't emerge from from this point where we're at, where you know collectively as a society we were sort of forced to st- slow down. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Lady Business Podcast, season three. My name is Dina Nina Martinez, and I'm the founder of Lady Laughs Comedy. And my name is Heather Wentler, and I am the founder of Doyen. And if you're new to the Lady Business Podcast, we talk to women entrepreneurs and women who are badass in business. Don't forget that you can always find us on the internet at ladybusinesspod.com. On Facebook and Instagram at ladybusinesspod. And always when you're sharing, liking, and subscribing, make sure that you use the hashtag ladybusinesspod. Do you think we're a little repetitious? (laughs) How many touch points? Seven touch points. We're good. We're good. Okay, good. (laughs) Also, please comment, review, and also share the Lady Business Podcast. Subscribe to the Lady Business Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and TuneIn. On this episode of the Lady Business Podcast, we're talking to Ronak Meta of Nerd Bugs, and I am obsessed with these little plush doll organ dolls. Like, they're... Whoever so thought I'd want to cuddle a spleen? <laughs> or a kidney. <laughs> right? Uh, so she started this as a way to educate uh, not only children, but adults about anatomy. Yeah, and I think, and it's also turned into kind of like a companion uh, product for people that are going through, you know, transplant or or just trauma in general um, and, and having these things happen to them. And here's something that can create this life-changing, but these possibly negative impacts within a lived experience into something that is positive and gives you a happy memory around around the pain uh, that you're going through as well. Mm-hmm. And also within the midst of COVID-19, having a set of plushy lungs is a great way to engage your children in the medical risks as well as make it approachable. And I want a set of everything that she has. Can I make a whole person yet out of nerd bugs? I, I want a plushy person <laughs> no, so I can I date them. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So let's get in the podcast with Ronak Meta. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we have a wonderful guest, Ronak Meta. Hello. Hi, how are you guys? So super. <laughs> she said in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> Uh, Ronak is the founder of Nerdbugs, and I'm so excited. These are the cutest things. Thank you so much for saying that. That's very sweet. Oh, I was like, okay, so essentially what you make are plushies of anatomical parts of the body. I didn't see them, so I'm so eloquent. So, like, (laughs) there are, there's a spine, a plushie spine. 
No, the not liver. yet. It might be oh. coming. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, it might be coming soon, but we have like the heart, the lungs, kidney, the uterus, you know, we, those are the ones that we originally started with. Okay, so the n- neuron, it looked like a yes, spine. Yes, it is a neuron. <laughs> yep, yep, you got it. You know, neuron spines, whatever. It's all the same. <laughs> and boobs. I love that you have breasts. Yeah, we have two different colored breasts, you know, so we're all about inclusivity. So, yeah. I love it. So, talk to me about what inspired this because it's so fun and interesting. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so this whole thing got started when I was still in medical school. Um, I work full time as a doctor and um, I practice um, doing primary care. And when I was in medical school, <clears throat> at that time, I had written this children's book about the human body. And it was almost it was really something that you would think of similar to like a Dr. Seuss type book, like it was rhyming and cute and fun. Um, But then, you know, I also thought how neat would it be to be able to take the characters from the book and create them into like little plush toys that you could either use as an educational piece or um, use as a get well gift that was kind of quirky and fun and, you know, um, and, and so I thought that would be amazing to do, but I had no idea how to kind of go about doing it. So I just sort of kept it in the back of my mind, but it was sort of in the back burner for almost 10 years. (laughs) Wow. So talk to me in the middle of, so you have your practice, but you also have this business, Nerdbugs, and what is happening during this pandemic with your business? Yeah. So to give you a little bit of an idea, I currently sell on two platforms. I sell on Shopify with my own website, and then I also sell on Amazon. Um, And so I, it it was interesting because when this whole pandemic hit, I had no idea what to expect. Um, Part of me thought that overall sales would go down anyways, just because, um, my product is often, most often used as a get well gift. And so if there's, you know, people that are not having any sort of procedures or anything like that, I I would expect it to go down a little bit. Um, I also assume that people would probably not be shopping that much um, for not like non-essential things, right? Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) Um, But I, I thought that you know, people are probably going to stock up on the essentials like cleaning supplies and toilet paper and, you know, everything that you've sort of seen out there, um, but maybe not so much as like these quirky gifts. Um, so two interesting things happened. Um, from Amazon, my sales have definitely gone down. And I, it wasn't it wasn't actually until the other day that I sort of put two and two together um, and sort of figured out why. And it's because Amazon's fulfillment capacities, they're only really shipping out essential items that everything else that's non-essential is actually getting shipped out close to a month um, down the road. Um, and so that sort of started to make a lot of sense. And so I switched over to doing merchant fulfilled um, 
Amazon Merchant Fulfilled. Um, and so that means all the inventory that's currently at my warehouse in Michigan is now um, being fulfilled by my warehouse. Um, and then those sales started to just come back up slowly, which was, which was kind of good to know. <laughs> um, and doors that have been coming in my website they actually increased. Um, and that wasn't something that I had expected. Um, so it, I'm guessing that might be due to the fact that um, it's compensating for the Amazon sales going down. People have tried to find the similar item online. It's very That's interesting. So interesting. Are, did the lungs go, the sale for the lungs go up? <laughs> Actually, yes. Um, the, heart, the heart and the lungs, yep, they've definitely gone up a little bit. Um, you know, overall, before this, I think all of them were pretty steady <clears throat> and similar in how they were selling. But yes, now there's definitely more of an uptick on some than there are on others. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, that I, was I find that interesting. Part of me, uh, sorry, um, part of me is like, I think that I want to buy things because I'm so tired of thinking about toilet paper and hand sanitizer and masks, you know, like, yeah, I want to go buy something fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and maybe that's what people are doing, but I, I guess it was just hard for me to sort of um, track that because I didn't realize that the biggest factor might've been, you know, we're, we're all creatures of, um, of wanting instant gratification and so like to press click on a button and then wait almost a month for it to arrive is not something most people want to do no yeah i've noticed that with my amazon purchases <laughs> where it I now says that defeated. <laughs> when i'm like ordering stuff and it's like oh prime will still deliver by tuesday and then it says shipped will arrive June 30th. Like, what in the <laughs> hell is going on here? <laughs> uh, I, it was, well, speaking of Amazon, that was actually how I came across your company was, um, I, okay, so I will admit, when I, I lay in bed at night and I'm bored, I just uh, window shop through Amazon. <laughs> and I remember I opened up the app and it was like, vote for your favorite and it had five different categories and one of them was favorite women-owned company on amazon oh, yeah. and yeah. congratulations because you were awarded that so i was one i was definitely one of the finalists i don't think that i i didn't actually win the whole thing but i was named one of the top five or six finalists for um, women's own small business of the year which was so neat and so surreal because um, I just, I feel like I just launched this company. Um, when we officially launched was June of 2018. So it's almost been two years, um, this upcoming June and to have, you know, to be recognized by Amazon as one of their finalists for such an amazing category. That was awesome. That is so awesome. <laughs> Thank um, you. Since you are, so I'm so interested, since you are a primary care physician, um, in the middle of this whole thing, you're also, you're running a business and you're also being this doctor. What are you seeing from your standpoint in the world as it is right now? I, 
I think the toughest thing is that there is a lot of um, mixed information out there um, as far as, you know, this whole coronavirus thing and how people are responding to it. I think some people are taking it a lot more seriously than others. And I think the the best course of action would just to be um, to self-isolate and work from home and to, to the best of your capacity. You know, I know some, uh, some essential workers like myself have to have to go in um, a few days of the week, if not every single day. Um, but I think taking this very seriously will help in the long run, um, help keep everyone safe. I know there's a lot of talk about um, reopening the economy and I, I can totally understand like many businesses, including myself, like we were super, super hard hit. Um, but in the long run, I think it's, you can't put a price on someone's life and it's not, it's not worth putting other people at risk um, by reopening things mm-hmm. at this point until we're at a safer point. Does that answer your question? I don't know yeah. if that's what you were asking. Yeah, completely. I was going to follow a question as um, like being in the hospitals, you know, as much as you are, how are there ways either the community can support besides sending pizza or different ways we can um, just keep morale up amongst all of you that are, are, you know, you're watching how people are behaving and responding to this, but then also watching them come in your doors as well. Yeah. You know, I think staying at home is, yeah, although it doesn't seem like, um, like doing anything, I think that's obviously the, the safest thing to do. Um, and I think the people that really take these things really seriously, it does, it, it makes a huge impact. Even the other day when I was at their grocery store, um, picking up a few things, every single person I saw walking into that grocery store had a mask and gloves on. And I think that is telling in itself that, you know, it's really nice to see people in the community um, take this take this very seriously. Um, and then on on a, on a more fun note, you know, I have a lot of friends that um, are also doctors, like all over the country. And <laughs> um, Zadina just put a mask on while we're on this video chat. That's why I'm laughing. Um, <clears throat> But the the neat thing is, is like right outside their hospital, people, you know, will will be all geared up and then with chalk, right? Like, thank you so much. And those like really small gestures, whether it's in your community, I think are so heartwarming. You know, Um, I think that even though this is a really scary time in a way, I think this overall might it will end up shifting the way that people live their day-to-day lives. You know, we're, we're sort of all in this period of forced introspection. Um, and I think it, it will probably help a lot of people's like physical and mental um, and spiritual growth going forward. If they, if they use this time um, effectively. That's a hundred percent. And we can already see, like, the change in our planet. Mm-hmm. Like, within weeks, we started to yeah. see a change in our planet. How can that not be more beneficial for all of us? And I love that you you also included that whole holistic kind of thing. Like, our spiritual practices, the things that we do day, day to day, our mental health practices, all affect 
our physical beings too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think it's, it's all a matter of how you sort of like structure your day and what you choose to prioritize. You know, if you are constantly focused on all the negativity that's going on around you, that's all you're really going to notice. But if you make it a point to um, detox yourself from a lot of that negativity, really pay attention to what you're um, what types of feeds that you're following online or are you taking time to like disconnect throughout the day even if you're working from home trying to get a little bit of fresh air even if it's in your own yard and creating those types of moments I think makes a big difference and what an opportunity to be able to um, have that time at home like especially if you have young kids a lot of times parents are just running around trying to make it home so they can spend time with their kids now we're sort of in the opposite dilemma where you're kind of with your kids all the time and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing you get that that quality time that some people that have have just wanted for so long it was um very interesting i was talking with um our madison director the other day and her daughter's in first grade and she was saying like you know because of having to do school at home she has to spend so much more time with her helping her um every day with her and she's like Heather, it's exhausting. I go, yeah, but just think about, you're going to know your daughter better than she knows herself. And you're going to be able to advocate for her in ways that no one else is ever going to be able to. And I mean, you could, you, you know, that as a mom, that that's instinctual as well, but also just like, you will be able to understand her in a way that when she does get to go back to school, you can be like, here's things that we know that helped or thinking about what classroom placement she gets put into these are the environments that she works best in because what 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 jasmine's been seeing is the current one did not work (laughs) and her daughter was kind of slipping back but now she's been able to bring her so much forward uh because of all of this so but yeah i think it's all the other one is just picking how much you can handle a day like in in our household my husband is the calm one I'm definitely the high emotional one. Um, and I, w- I just noticed he would be like, raw after reading something on Reddit. And then he'd calm back down and then raw again. I'm like, you need to walk away. Because especially in the beginning, you're so overloaded with all the information yeah. that was being put out there. And I'm like, we don't know. And that's why, you know, this is where it becomes a fear thing. But it also it's too much information and then we don't know how to make rational decisions because we've been given all these tidbits. So yeah, yeah the walks, we've also started playing video games a lot more again, which <laughs> I didn't think yeah. we would do. <laughs> no, and it's, it's like one of those things like you can take this like incredible opportunity to get to know yourself better, get to know your partner better, um, or, you know, and connect with people that maybe you haven't in a really long time. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's sort of like what people make out of it. You could, you could either sit in a cave and just feel miserable, or you can find this time to, you know, really do some soul searching and figure out, Hey, what, what is it that I want to do with my life? And if, you know, if you've unfortunately been let go from a job, like maybe you can use this opportunity to figure out like, okay, this is what I really want to do. And how do I kind of create these opportunities for myself going forward? It's been really interesting when we, so part of some of the research I've been doing while we're going through this is looking back at 
historically what has happened within our economies after we've had crises or, you know, gone through war or some sort of kind of trigger point um, within time. And it's when entrepreneurship really spikes is, is because of that, because of the either we don't have jobs anymore, but also people feel like they have kind of, you know, kind of like a space to breathe to figure out, is this really my life's mission or am I fulfilling, you know, what I want to do? And if not, now is the perfect opportunity because I can, I've, I've made it through the hard part, whatever comes next, it'll be hard too, but I have that strength and courage within myself to be able to move that forward. I totally agree. You know, I think that, um, like I sort of mentioned, like, I think, it's interesting because as a society, we're now like collectively forced into this um, period of introspection where as <clears throat> if something was difficult or uncomfortable before, you could go outside and go go have a drink with your friends or you could go to a restaurant or you can hop on a plane and go travel the world. Like you're not ever forced to sit in one place and just sit there and contemplate your life and now I think collectively as a society, we're all doing it. And I, you know, I don't necessarily think it's, it's a, it's a bad thing. Um, And just like you mentioned, you know, some of these like really amazing companies came out of um, the recession in, in 2007, 2008. Um, And who's to say that, you know, some more amazing companies can't emerge from, from this point where we're at, where, you know, collectively as a society, we were sort of forced to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at how people have pivoted to meet the needs has been really exciting. And those are, those are the bright spots and the silver linings that are coming out of this too. I totally agree. And I I hope that, you know, just like the people that you talked about um, uh, just now that the people that, may not have a great source of um, like financial employment or something like that, we'll take this time to think about what really is fulfilling to them and go after that instead of working in a job where they've just sort of just held it together for a while because they feel like there is no other option. I think I'm going to have full stand-up comedy classes after this whole thing. (laughs) Everybody's going to be like, I want to take stand-up now. Um, hey, if I, we've all mastered how to be funny on Zoom. <laughs> but I can teach you the intricacies. Anyway. Good. Good. Um, I'm so interested in the fact that you're, you're seeing a bounce back even within the heart of this whole pandemic thing. Um. And what better way to teach your child about COVID-19 than having a plushy set of lungs? Yeah. They, they go. <laughs> There's a marketing spin for you. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's, that's a really nice spin. And you know, a bunch of my friends had sort of asked, advised me like, hey, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea for you to sort of market um, the plush lungs just in that realm of like, oh, this would be a great COVID-19 gift. But I just felt a little uneasy doing that. Um, You know, if someone just happened to find it and did it themselves, that's totally fine. But I didn't want to capitalize on the fact that there's people that are really sick out there, you know. Um, But 
I have had people write me on Instagram or send me emails like, hey, I got this from my mom who's like recovering or, you know, she's at high risk. And so I thought this would kind of cheer her up. Um, and so that's been really sweet and touching, you know, the people that sort of just find it on their own. And yeah, that's been, that's been really neat. Can you talk a little bit about like how, how, since you're on like international platforms, how uh, wide has your spread been? or your touch points of where your products have been purchased? Um, yeah, um, they've been purchased everywhere. Um, Germany, Italy, Israel, um, France, Australia, Malaysia. Um, some of the people that buy it, like there's this one young woman from Malaysia that she has her own um she has her own business and she creates like women's lingerie and then she also creates like women's menstrual cups organic menstrual cups so then she bought a bunch of the use as a demonstration for her videos and how like the cup works that's awesome yeah it's like a lot of like random uses like i have women that will buy the breasts as if they're like lactation consultants um or midwives or something like that um and then i've actually worked with um the American Lung Association and um, their previous campaigns. They they bought a pair of my lungs and they use it as their like little mascot. They call it Pinky and the Lobe, which I think is really cute. <laughs> that is cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's been kind of really neat to be a part of these other organizations that have like a really great mission. I, I think that's so great too that that lactation consultants are using your your breast because worldwide I've seen because I was obsessed with getting boobs, um, that <laughs> knitted boobs are used in so many countries and you just have this this gorgeous, plushy breast for that. And I think that's that's so brilliant. Thanks. I should send you get a couple. Love it. <laughs> so my my co-founder though, she would she always talks about the nipples don't go straight out. They go in other directions. So you know <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside doyen joke <laughs> was it i don't i well we're gonna get tmi here i, I wouldn't know that i think that <laughs> <laughs> i hear that happens more with people after they have babies or have yeah uh, breast augmentation surgery <laughs> or just grow them later in life that's true Mine are all natural. I'm happy. <laughs> Mine are currently too. One face is downward. I went in for a consultation and the doctor was like, yes, we'll have to do a nipple lift here because your, your right boob is about two inches lower than the other one. And I'm like, great, perfect, great. I'm, I'm, I'm amazing. <laughs> 30 something years to get them and finally they're. <laughs> oh man. Welcome to Doyen. <laughs> We're Welcome just to lady business. Very, very honest. <laughs> oh, man. So where do you see this, your company going in the future? What are your plans um, as, as of right now within the middle of this time of flux? What are your plans moving yeah. forward? So um, this year we're launching probably between three and five new products. Um, 
So hopefully continuing to grow. Um, I think at some point we will run out of organs to make <laughs> right now. Right now we still, we still have, we have, we still have some room. Um, and then the other thing is I would, like I sort of mentioned, I'd love to be able to partner with a lot more of these organizations, whether it's the American Lung Association or the Heart Association, the National Kidney Foundation, um, uh, the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation. I think it would be really neat to be able to partner with some of them. And then I hope in the long run to be able to create some sort of like nonprofit component where that's similar to Tom's that like for each one purchased someone in um, a pediatric transplant ward would get gifted one. I think that would be kind of a neat concept as well. So that's, that's kind of what my plan is to figure that out, hopefully within the next year, um, how to go about doing that. Sidebar, have you looked into B Corp? <laughs> No, I don't know what B Corp is. <laughs> we have a program coming up on it. Like, oh, okay. um, a B Corp or a Benefit Corp. So there's two different distinctions. There's a B Corp certified, and then there's Benefit Corporations, which is like instead of a S Corp or a C Corp, it's a B Corp. Got it. And it ha usually has like a, a social giving. So like Patagonia is a yep. certified B Corp. And then you could do without having to start a foundation or nonprofit status you could do your give back program oh that's really neat <laughs> sorry dina she's like no, more editing i have to do <laughs> I, it, it, it's not because I, I think those are things within this conversation that we do need to have like moving forward things are everything's going to be different you know there's no way that we can continue on the same way and I think the emphasis on giving back, even though I'm a for-profit company, I'm a very mission-driven for-profit, like empowering women through the comedic arts and empowering queer people through, through humor. And knowing those things, knowing about a B Corp um, and giving back is very important for all of us who have that mission. Yeah. Um, so knowing about that, I think is great. And I love the fact that that you are mission driven and that you are focused on giving back. Um, and now I've lost my train of thought. So now I'm going to have to edit at <laughs> whatever. Well, it speaks much more to just the overall impact that you're able to provide. So it's, you know, like, I think when you think about, it, it's not just a plushie or, you know, a companion piece for people it's so much bigger than that and it is creating a much bigger impact on a lot of ways that people don't normally think about um like i'm sure if you went and talked to every single person that's gotten one of your one of you know one of your um products they all have a story that goes along with it as well yeah and that's what i absolutely love like <clears throat> there are some people that end up sharing their stories and you could um you could see a lot of them on, on my Instagram page because I like to feature them because that's that's the reason why I do what I do. It's it's not, you know, it's not me. It's to to bring someone else like some sort of feeling of well-being or teach them something in a way that maybe they haven't seen it before um, or just brighten up their day when they're going through something tough. Um, and, and there's so many stories on there of, 
you know, infants that were in the, in the ICU and their parents like had purchased this like plush toy for the kid, but also for themselves in a way to help them cope with everything that was going on with their child. Um, and then there was, you know, some young woman that had purchased um, belongs for her dad who had uh, lung cancer and was undergoing chemotherapy. And he, um, I think he was, I think he, he might've been from like Central America or South America. And so he would like walk down the halls of the hospital because people would ask him, what is that that you have? Um, and, uh, and women who have used it um, while they're undergoing a mastectomy um, or undergoing breast cancer chemotherapy, people that are on dialysis. Um, it's just really neat because then when they like share those pictures and share those stories, it just makes everything else just so much more meaningful. I had a meaningful mm in there and I was muted. <laughs> I'm just looking at your Instagram. Your Instagram is so rad. I'm like, ah, you have a new follower. Um, <laughs> I'm getting a uterus and two boobs. There you um, go. So within this whole scheme of things, how do you see medical care evolving? Um, you mean in regards to the coronavirus? Just, I mean, do you see anything really changing and evolving because of the coronavirus? Oh, yes, absolutely. So one of the main things is that we, that I've noticed at least um, even at the university level is that um, there has been this dramatic transition to telehealth. Um, it's, it's something that, that was already there, especially in urgent care, there's the video visits, there's um, the telephone visits. But since the, since the coronavirus hit, even in our primary care clinics, um, patients sort of fell in one of a few categories when we had to take a look at our schedule to see which patients could have been pushed out for an in-person follow-up visit after this whole thing is over, maybe in a month or two, or which of those patients can get converted into a, either a video or a telephone visit. And prior to this, um, there was no way to really capture a lot of these telephone and, and video visits. And now there's, that's the only way that, that the system is really functioning right now um, is through these telephone and video visits. So I think after, um, things start to reopen and are back at full capacity, you know, it's not like they're just going to be like, okay, well that video stuff is over now. We're like going to get back to um, real life over here. I think patients are also going to expect like, Hey, I really don't want to come in. Could I just address this over the phone or could I address this over video if possible? I think that whole culture of what patients will expect and what we'll be able to the offer um, will be completely different than what it was even a month or two ago. Um, and, and there's a lot of um, startups out, you know, in Silicon Valley that are already doing telehealth. It just hasn't been as widely accepted in the university practices because my guess is probably because of how things are built out. Um, but I think this sort of forces everyone to figure out, okay, how are we going to bill for this? And this is something that's not going to be reversed now. This is something that will be going on going forward. 
Yeah, I think it goes along with the insurance companies as well, because I know like, you know, with my, I'm doing telehealth right now for meeting with my therapist and counselor and they're like, well, we can't process your copay today because we still haven't figured that out. And so it'll be really, and then, but then, yeah, like my primary care doctor, actually, I only meet with them virtually. So it's very, it's going to be very interesting to see everything like we're going through a complete system overhaul on every level yeah think of yeah and I think you know I I don't I think there's still going to be a lot of kinks that that they have to figure out and work out but I think this might not be a terrible idea for the future at least for things that can be handled over the phone or via video you know why not give that an option for when it's appropriate to keep especially in a time like this to keep people safe do you see anything as far as accessibility for marginalized uh, and economically challenged people moving forward within this time or are we too um, early? As far as, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think so. I mean, you can already see it in, in the schools, especially for the schools that, you know, that, the students may not all have access to internet at home or laptops. Um, it's going to be a larger, just, you know, uh, a larger divide um, for the, the marginalized communities, unfortunately. Um, and I don't know what would be the best strategy to help those types of people other than being able to provide them access to the services to keep them on a, a level playing field. What's a level playing field? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe there's completely just, level. It's just one of those field. things that you know, knowing, like as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's struggled so hard, access to healthcare is always a concern for me, and yeah. it's always not not accessible for me most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, that's one of those bigger ideas and thoughts that I like to throw out because I feel like we need to start thinking about those things. Like as we see the disparities and especially in Milwaukee with, uh, yeah. with uh, people of color being predominantly uh, in the higher rate category of death, you know, like what as a healthcare practitioner um, can you do? to kind of push that I don't know I'm calling you to challenge an action and it's I don't mean it that way <laughs> no no that, that's totally okay I mean I think you have really great questions I I think that overall the system obviously needs to change because I uh, on a on a national level, this is just not working. And you can see it by how fractured the system has become because, um, because of this pandemic. Um, as far as short-term solutions, I think the biggest thing that can help these communities as far in the realm of healthcare is accurate information and factual information. I think there's so much information from different sides everywhere. Um, and it's confusing. It's confusing to me and I'm, I'm a healthcare provider. So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, having good, accurate information and relaying the importance of, um, of everything that's going on right now 
you know, there's not enough that can be said about that. I think if you're able to get that information to people and get them to understand, like, you know, this is something that's very serious, um, that, that would probably make the biggest short-term difference. So it, it, it's infuriating, but it's also so sad to me to see how politicized healthcare yeah. has become and not just healthcare, but like as much as people say, I want my government to back off. It's yeah. so, it touches every single part of every single aspect of our lives and just turns into this polarizing thing of which way are you going to lean? And if you lean one direction on one item, on one issue, you better not lean the other side yeah. on another issue. Yeah. I know it, it should be, it, it should, it shouldn't be like that, you know? Um, and again, I don't know what the right answer is, but I do think everyone should have access to good quality care, regardless of their ability to pay. I think that's, that should not be a limiting factor. And I don't think there are any right answers, but that was probably the best answer that I could have ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, everybody does deserve that. And um, I'm really excited to see where your company goes from here. Um, oh, thanks. Well, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was such a pleasure having you on Lady Business Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. I had a blast. So tell us where people can find you and your products. Yeah. The interwebs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You could find us at um, nerdbugs.com. Um, you could also follow us on Instagram at the nerdbugs or Facebook backslash nerdbugs. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. I had so much. And we will follow up with you in a few months to find out how things are going. Good. I can't wait. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lady Business Podcast. Please make sure to go and like our pages on Facebook and Instagram at Lady Business Pod and head on over to our website, ladybusinesspod.com. And you can always subscribe to us and like us and oh, make sure to review our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, And you can always ask Alexa to play the Lady Business Pod on Apple Podcasts.